Welcome to Jurassic World. Welcome to Jurassic World Minute, where we visit Jurassic World one minute at a time. Colin, we have a situation here. I'm Brad. And eh? And here we are to discuss Minute 65 of Jurassic World. But before we get to that, we're heading to the military? Some private security. <laughs> Either way, InGen and their uh, armoured vehicles see this minute getting off the, uh, the barge. The uh, Texron Marine Systems Tiger. I, I thought this was something new that they've incorporated for Jurassic World, like some of the uh, other vehicles, but no. Been around since 2010. Uh, another in a long line of uh, private um, vehicles built for the military. We get uh, these here, we get the uh, those other personal carriers in Fallen Kingdom as well, where they go more the, the militaristic um, vehicles, but... This one, uh, this one here, I was surprised it's actually built off a Dodge Ram 5500 platform, which um, <laughs> is, is sort of weird. I know how big those those American trucks get, and this is sort of, sort of more of a compact uh, armored vehicle. But um, it was built to be a cost-effective, uh, lightweight, protected <laughs> class all-terrain vehicle with um, ballistic and mine blast protection, uh, various add-on armor options, and designed with a spacious, versatile cabin and large payload capacity of uh, <laughs> one and a half tons. <laughs> so it's a tank. Yeah, <laughs> with plush leather seats. <laughs> Almost. And again, as we discussed last minute with the G-Wagons, you're adding these vehicles uh, that could be iconic um, Jurassic vehicles, and this one's just got the engine logo on the door. I don't think we've got a price... I've got a link here to the actual Textron Incorporated um, website where they dis uh, discuss all the information on the vehicle, <laughs> except for price, I think. If yeah. you have to ask, you can't afford it. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of, uh, of R&D goes into making these, uh, these military vehicles. A lot of times it's uh, stuff that's not off-the-shelf parts. It's all hodgepodge together until they can prove concept and get... Uh, the military to sign off on, and then again, money's normally not so much of a object uh, or an ex spend no expense. Yeah, you're buying them by the dozen, so it doesn't really matter. Yep. But the vehicle itself too weighs nearly nine tons, which is probably why it's the only one that's on this barge that we see. <laughs> <laughs> With all the the equipment and everything else, is um, there's probably not a lot more weight that uh, that that barge can take. I'll stick to my 95 Jeep Cherokee. 
But again, you you got these military vehicles. Like why? Why couldn't we have bolted the the minigun to the top of this and gone after the Indominus first, and then realising <laughs> okay, we're going to have to get to the air. Of course, we need to have the the whole helicopter incident and Maserani going. Mm. Um, well, plus, I mean, simply air attacking from the air kind of um, takes out the problems with trees, tree stumps, uh, fallen limbs, anything that would kind of impede your progress as you're run, running through. Uh, or as you're driving through the jungle, you know? Yeah. I mean, nine tons or not, you hit a tree, you're stopping. <laughs> <laughs> yes, physics and inertia still have a, a part to play there. And yeah. Either way, it's it's going to be a failed attempt to stop the animal anyway, so it uh, the heli- whole helicopter incident sort of leads to the next issue, and that's the Tyrannodons getting out and Dimorphodons, but uh, that's for something to discuss a little bit later. It's just again, you're adding these armored vehicles to the to, to the getting around Nublar, and they're um they're just sitting there looking good. Um, mm-hmm. These things just seem like a monster, and I mean honestly, they don't they don't seem to have the stopping power of a Humvee, but with all the awful gas mileage that comes with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have Five miles to the gallon. <laughs> it just seems. It seems like you'd want something with better armor and armament capabilities. Well, I know the the Humvees, and we do get a Humvee on the beach here as well in this minute. Um, well, are known for being really bad on the fuel. These these Tigers having the uh, having the um, the Ram. They got the the three hundred fifty horsepower diesel mm-hmm. engine in, which may be a little bit more efficient, but that's in a two-ton ram, not a eight-ton, nine-ton armored-covered co- vehicle. So, yeah, you're chewing through the fuel. And mm-hmm. we do see um, on the beach a big blue tank that may be a, a fuel tank <laughs> just so they can fuel these vehicles from the beach as well, <laughs> from the landing craft. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see some more of these vehicles. I was surprised um, in the uh, with the Internet Movie Car database how many movies we sort of get these vehicles in. And we get mm-hmm. one back in Fallen Kingdom as well, which I was not aware of. So, uh, yeah, I was looking. I was looking at that on the uh, wiki page here. I wasn't aware it was actually in the background of that movie. Yeah, yeah, and of course we're talking about uh, when Mills gets it. Um, no, when uh, Owen's saying goodbye to Blue uh, mm-hmm. at Lockwood Manor, it's um, in the background with all the lights on top, which is the same lights as we get um, here. So whether that's uh, what they come out with, or they reacquired, rehired that vehicle from what they used in Jurassic World to uh, use again in Fallen Kingdom as a backdrop. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why it doesn't get rolled over and tossed when all the animals are <laughs> evacuating Lockwood Manor as well, because they've um, they've only borrowed it for the shot. Well, I mean, it also weighs as much as the T-Rex, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think the... Uh, Sticky Malik's going to be able to ram it and knock it over. <laughs> no. well, I was thinking about that too. I mean, having that armor on there, it kind of prevents Carter from going through the uh, front seat again and coming out the driver's side <laughs> like, like he did in The Lost World. I think there's um, there's a, a great deal that would have changed if uh, The Lost World come out now and not 97 just again with vehicle designs and that sort of stuff that InGen would have 
all this sort of armoured up to the teeth stuff that just didn't exist back then without doing mm-hmm. full military. Um, and you wouldn't have been able to do little gags like that. Yeah. And remember, if something chases you. All right, uh, ready to get into 65. Yep. Uh, last minute we ended the prolonged Patasaur death scene. Now, uh, as we open on 65, we get that uh, music intensify and we cut away from the Valley of Death to a beach and an armoured vehicle driving down a ramp of a landing craft and onto the sand. And as it does, we can see the Black Ingen logo on the doors. Mm-hmm. And as it drives off down the beach, we see a lot of activity and uh, there's a Hummer there as well that's following down the beach, which presumably was on this barge as well. We just didn't see it get offloaded. Not just any beach, a rather familiar beach, too. This is filmed at Kipukai Beach, where notoriously Kathy Bowman was attacked by the copies. I was going to say that rock formation in the back looks very sauna and looks very familiar. Well, I remember they showed a bit of the outcropping in full in some of the promotional videos that they did for the Masrani viral site. So you act, so it was you actually got to see that it was, in fact, Kathy's Beach, and it made me personally wonder if they were returning to Sorna. That would have got the uh, <laughs> the hopes really high. I'm glad I missed that. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I mean, they they had the um, the shot of the Humvee driving across the beach. I, I think it was meant to be a promotional for, um, like an in-universe promotional for engine security forces. Oh, is that the one with the the door driver's doors missing and it's in the water, like it's splashing the water up as it's driving down the beach? Yeah, I think so. Isn't the um, was that a delayed scene or is there something there where the uh, that um, the green engine helicopter comes in and drops Hoskins off and he gets into that Hummer? Ah, uh, that might have been part of the promotional video. I I haven't seen it in a long time since. Yeah. I think not since like. 2015 or 16. Yeah, I think that's the in-gen security video. I think. <laughs> Again, it's been a long time since I've seen that. <laughs> um, whether or not it's even active still on the Maserati site or not. Mm, I kind of want to look for it now. <laughs> <laughs> we might, If I can find it on YouTube, I'll link it on the uh, Facebook page when we release this minute. Um, yeah. But there's a... There's a bit of an elephant in the room here uh, with this barge dropping all these supplies and Marlboro men off on the beach where where has it come from <laughs> what's in we know Hoskins put in the call earlier that um, we've got an opportunity here three or four hours maybe tops since that scene happened mm-hmm. Sauna's 87 miles away I don't know if it come from there either or has Injun got a mothership offshore that um, has all this equipment on it that maybe they were on their way to Sorn or something and got redirected to Nublar. It's possible they came from wherever Engine Harvest Base was in on the Costa Rican mainland. Mm. So they may have retrofitted that to for like engine security backup stuff, you know? Or even may have reconstructed the entire thing to be the ferry terminal and they just happen to have security terminal over there as well uh, I always kind of imagined that it had came from the mainland and they were able just to get there faster because the barge itself was faster than those old than those ferries 
Yeah, but the novel says those fairies take six and a half hours to get there. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. know how a barge would be faster than one of them sleek fairies, even though it's a lot yeah. smaller and lighter. But I suppose we do see a lot of times with the around island shots, the ocean is pretty calm, so mm-hmm. maybe it could make good time to get there. I know that there has been speculation that it did come from Sauna and that InGen may still have a presence on Sauna there, um, being closer to the island than what the mainland is, but that's speculation. I don't think DPG or anything's added more to that, have that, because um, Masrani packed up there once the, um, mm-hmm. the illegal experimentation was done before the park was put together. As far as I know, Sorna is still under UN quarantine with uh, engine security forces backing backing uh, them up. Mm. Yeah, so maybe, maybe they'll they'll take part in some sort of operation there and that's got pulled away in, um, in consort with the UN patrols or something. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, and that's it's just, and it, there's been plot holes in the original trilogy too. It's just it's some things like this that um, we just don't get an explanation for, and it's going to continue <laughs> for what we see on the rest of the beach here soon as well, because <laughs> uh, there's dozens of men running down the length of the beach, um, equipment everywhere, and um, we sort of get the Indian military theme playing here in the background as well, which is one um, theme for the the new score. I don't mind either. Hoskins back. Uh, another soldier tells him uh, that the unit's on standby, ready for go. And Hoskins mm-hmm. replies, "Good, hold off on that life feed. We've got a uh, evolving situation here. So I wonder what life feed they're gonna gonna do if he was going to um, brief brief the unit. I kind of imagine that they had a tendency to record their operations for training purposes. You know." Mm. Yeah, definitely what we'll see later with um, putting all the cameras on the raptors' heads and that, fitting everyone with mm-hmm. video video sort of stuff. But uh, we get a bit of a... Well, we had this bit of a walk and talk here as they um, go for a walk through base camp and, um, again, more equipment everywhere and soldiers <laughs> unpacking stuff, um, setting gear up. The, the guy that's walking with him asks Hoskins if uh, he's been given a green light yet and uh, Hoskins takes a headset off a soldier and implies <laughs> they will and puts it on his head and starts looking into a, a tough case there brandishing the Indian logo mm-hmm. as well and have it put it to InGen for slapping their logo on plastic lunchboxes and <laughs> everything else <laughs> if uh, if InGen owner it's got an InGen logo on it <laughs> which again is just something we've seen across the franchise as well so yeah. well we've also seen it engine just slapping their logos on pretty much everything too mm. uh, i mean everything everything from tranquilizer gun cases side of their vehicles <laughs> they, they probably had engine pencils <laughs> they, gave, they probably gave commemorative pens away to investors pens erasers office supplies <laughs> stamps <laughs> staplers yep <laughs> um, i wonder if um Oh, I, I am. Uh, I am glad it's not a different interpretation of the logo. Um, it's that. That's that original logo we see stenciled on everything in the Lost World, and that mm-hmm. um, just it's just plain black now. Which we know InGen went into the security and paramilitary um, side of things after Hammond's death. Yeah. But uh, we cut cut high up on a hill and uh, through looking through binoculars, 
And we see Barry with a comedically small pair of binoculars spying on Hoskins from afar. <laughs> and <laughs> I've just got so many questions. That look that we get of um, from the inside makes him look kind of high-tech. So it looks like he's got some kind of uh, heads-up display on the in, uh, the, from the inside of the lens. Well, it's got a it's got a built-in digital compass because it's like he's pointing northwest by north or northwest by west or something. And yeah, top, it also looks like corner. it's got some kind of kind of measurement, so it's probably recording focal length as well. Yeah, yeah, I, the rangefinder. I think it's up, so it's at its um, maximum mm-hmm. <laughs> or near its maximum because he must be uh, fairly high up here and out of the way. Well, it looks like it's magnified eight times, and then he has, like, a distance at, like, um, I, I'll i assume that this measurement's in meters, so close to 1,000 meters. Yeah, I don't think it'd be feet, because that'd only be 300 meters, and that's a lot closer. Yeah. <laughs> but it mm-hmm. just it raises so many questions. Did Hoskins drive all the way out there to meet his team? Uh, did Barry just decide to follow him? It seems like there should have been a, a cut scene back when Hoskins got the phone call and Barry overheard him say um, we've got a situation here and that made him suspicious of Hoskins because last we seen Barry he was on the phone they were calling in the um, asset out of containment and he was being snarky about him um, never learning and then he just goes off screen and here he is here playing PI chasing Hoskins around Nublar just <laughs> and it doesn't come back I, I, I haven't rewatched the scene yet where we get the Raptor squad suiting up, but from memory, he just turns up there and him and Owen are just talking about the Raptors getting released and nothing's brought up again about any of this. Yeah, it's... Well, he tries to radio Owen about it, but obviously his radio is not working, so it kind of begs the question, What do they have anything that works here? <laughs> um, I'm so glad the radio doesn't work. If After having... Control room to pen communications not work at the Indominus pen. Um, cell phones not having reception and cutting in and out. If this little portable radio here on this rocky hill was able to get Owen all the way over in Gyrosphere Valley, I would have I would have rided. <laughs> that's that's just that's just radio communica- communication for plot's sake working when the plot needs it to and not when it doesn't. Well, I mean, looking through the binoculars here too, you can also see. The section of beach where Kathy got attacked by compies from, of course, the um, the reverse side. But you can see that spot where the trees are a little—they almost look kind of like pine trees—and mm. surrounded by sandy so- uh, soil. Yeah, it's sort of um, especially beaches do change over over a certain time. 25 mm-hmm. years later, there's still enough there to recognise that it being Kathy's Beach and not being something completely different. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, you wonder why why is InGen sneaking onto the island here? We, we talked earlier when we had um, the control room, obviously, in that control building behind the Innovation Centre, whether or not InGen has a level in there or if they have a a base of operations somewhere else on the island. Obviously, ACU are in there, but why? Why are we sneaking onto the island here on a on a deserted beach of Nublar? <laughs> well, my imagining here is that he doesn't have authorization for an armed invasion of a theme park. 
<laughs> Even though he is the security um, contractor for the island, I would imagine that Mizrani would not be happy to find Hummers uh, riding through the jungle with armed uh, with armed security forces, while all his, all his parkours are. I mean, can you imagine golfing and then all of a sudden a, a Humvee uh, drives along the golf course? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we Especially could... at a wealthy resort like Jurassic World. Well, we could have got a nice little Easter egg back to the Lost World where you have the Chinook troop carrier come in and just have them, have them go straight to the raptor paddock. Have <laughs> have the helicopter land. Have have the... Oh, there wouldn't be someone playing golf now because everyone's being brought back to the, the thing. But just have that ominous mm-hmm. um, music play and have the helicopters fly over with the these armoured vehicles hanging under them. And just set up your base camp at the Raptor enclosure. You know, you know, everyone's being sent back to the back to the resort. Masrani and that probably obviously haven't been out to the Raptor enclosure anyway, and they got their own things to deal with at the moment with the Indominus. So you could have done something like that instead of just having them storming the beaches of Nublar here in this uh, in this area. But again, I mean, there's there's people watching the uh, Raptor enclosure. They they wouldn't get away with it like they would have sneaking. Would the control room be watching? Because it's not part of the park; it's outside the resort. So I don't know if anyone would be watching that. No, but I imagine there's probably somebody there who's going to ask questions like, "Why did you just show up here with an army?" <laughs> but that'd be sure that'd be all engine employees. And if Hoskins I mean, they would, head of security. But... Again, he's not supposed to be there with all this equipment yet, so I don't think he wants people actually seeing that he has this equipment at the ready until he can reveal that he's got it all at the ready. Mm. Yeah, and he hasn't taken the control room yet either. <laughs> We're going to get that in a few minutes' time after the um, death of Masrani. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Barry only he's static back from his radio good i don't want to hear owen's voice in there i don't i think we get an inside view of the g-wagons um later on when they're back at main street but i'm pretty sure from memory they're basic there's no 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 radio no lcd screen in there nothing so unless Owen would have a handheld as well out in the vehicle we don't see it but mm. again just a shame not having not getting the G-Wagon to be able to made into a prop vehicle, just having it to hire it and just for some exterior car commercial shots like the uh, like the GLE coupe, because you could have the you could have the the interactive CD-ROM, you could have the uh, the LCD touchscreen in there for park employees if they need maps and that sort of stuff, um, yeah. and be hooked up to the cloud and have the radio communications in there as well. But but well, I suppose the, the the cars don't even have a radio antenna on them, so yeah. Not looking from the outside anyway, but Barry shakes his head and says something that I can't understand, and it's not in the uh, Dune novelization either. So I think he just says swears in in French, <laughs> his native tongue. But uh, we cut to the G wagon driving uh, along what looks like a road. So your thoughts of this area being maybe being a garden, botanical gardens or something, maybe true, with just how short the grass is around this jungle, <laughs> these jungle trees that you mentioned a couple of minutes ago. But as it approaches the destroyed gyrosphere, we can uh, hear the glitching Jimmy Fallon recording playing. So 
it might be on endless loop or it's malfunctioning. <laughs> yeah. We get a couple sparks here and then it finally silences. Yeah. But it is set up for a bit of a joke too because the uh, the sections of that video we're hearing is welcome new riders to the Jurassic and the repeating of we care about your safety. <laughs> <laughs> and as they um as we're hearing that the the camera pulls back and shows um the destruction of the gyrosphere as you said it's sparking here and uh, glitching and that's when no one slides, slides a car to a stop um, right beside the damaged machine and gets out with his rifle in hand and walks straight up to the wreckage um, as he approaches we get a closer shot of um, the framework and we can see that tooth stuck in the metal I do kind of like how that does that though because it kind of reminds me of the of the um, TV spot where they had the Welcome to Jurassic World as it just got glitchier and glitchier sounding. And I thought that was really well done. I thought that was like one of the best TV spots they did. And so that's kind of like, it kind of reminds me of this here where the Welcome to Jurassic World is just glitchy and disjointed. <laughs> Again, not working the way it's supposed to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It also makes me wonder with the sparking as well. We we don't sort of have that. Um, for instance, the explorer in the tree with Tim in there. The headlights are still on, of course, because vehicle headlights are not responding. <laughs> what is it? Uh, item 151 on today's glitch list. <laughs> but um, where you've got power running. When the cars, of course, all being 12 volt, it'll be fused, so you'd get the one spark and it'd blow the fuse, but here we um we have a couple of random sparking around that sort of frame, so maybe, as we theorised last minute, or a couple of minutes ago, that those chrome balls around the ring may be some sort of drive mechanism for it as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, Owen pulls a knife out of somewhere and levers the tooth out, uh, and he looks around, um, looking for tracks... I don't know what um, if it's the reptile in it or something, but you'd think if the tooth was pulled out um, mm-hmm. and didn't fall out, there'd be some flesh or something, or at least blood <laughs> with it as well. No, I mean, not necessarily. I imagine that well, dinosaurs are known to have shed their teeth throughout their life lifetimes, like crocodiles. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like it's going. If anything, it just have cracked off. And it doesn't really have jagged edges. So, I mean, it's just a small prop. I don't think they really put much thought into it, unfortunately. Nah. But, but yeah. Yeah, and it, it, like the animal might have been at the age where the reason this one came out is because it was about to shed it anyway, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, as the minute ends, Claire walks past him looking around until her eyes fall on something laying on the ground in front of her, but we don't actually see it this minute. Anything else on this before we get the novel comparisons? Uh, no, I think we're good. All right. Uh, not a lot. Um, as I said last minute, the, uh, we cut to Owen and Claire arriving at the destroyed gyrosphere after the um, Masrani and Wu discussion. I suppose briefly, we know uh, Larry back in the control room was tracking the gyrosphere when it wasn't with the rest of the group. Um, when Claire was asking... Uh, if there was any still out in the valley. So we're, we'd have to assume that um, Owen and Claire have been in communication with the control room and have told it 
or told them where because they come straight up on it there's no there doesn't appear to be any looking around they've driven directly to this location from Josphere yeah. Valley mm-hmm. which again a little LCD screen in the G-Wagon with a map of the island and a flashing little red dot would have <laughs> just explained the scene so much better well I mean I can't I was going to bring up how did they figure out where they were but then I figured they probably followed the path of destruction and worked from there. Because <laughs> they probably passed the um, busted gate and then um, the Apatosaurus distracted them. And after they re- uh, lo- looked over that, they went, got back in the car, looked at the busted gate and said, let's drive there and see what happens. Well, yeah, they'll probably follow on. They knew from that map where they were in the valley, following mm-hmm. that fence, heading for that for gate five, and then, yeah, Owen's seen the apatosaur at the corner of his eye, and that's distracted him for a couple of minutes. But, yeah, following that gate, and as we know from the novel, the, the boys seen the, the, the ankylosaurs in the grove from that gate, so... Mm-hmm. Assumingly, they found the gate. They should have been able to see the um, destroyed gyrosphere from there. Yeah. Because, I mean, it doesn't seem like they go that deep into the jungle either, you know? No. But it's sort of weird, too. Next minute, they presumably leave the gyrosphere here and follow the boys' tracks to the waterfall on foot. <laughs> After we know how far away they ran to that waterfall. But actually, I think now looking ahead, they they don't go back to the, the G-Wagon. They go onward to the uh, visitor centre. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right, because we get the... The other cutscene and the ridiculous shoes line. Ah, <laughs> oh, we're ne- we're nearly there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's um that's sixty five. How about we get heavy for the day? All right. <laughs> 